When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, all. The OGs and new listeners alike, my name is Randy, and I'm one half of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast, and this is my indie episode. Indie episodes are individual episodes that Mike and I record to honor ourselves about, you know, and honor who we are as people and as individual people and not just who we are as spouses. Today is my turn, and for my first segment, I am going to tell a story about a recent test I failed depending on how you look at it, um, concerning my first prenatal appointment. And I'm going to talk about the lessons I learned and how I'm moving forward. And then finally, I am going to recommend a book that I have been recommending for months. <laughs> if you've been on my social media, you've probably seen this book, um, but I'm going to recommend it here on the podcast because I really want people to read it. All right, y'all, let's get to it. I hope you enjoy. So before I get started, I want to say that this audio may be available way before the video, not way before, probably like a day before the video, because I owe y'all an indie. Thank y'all for being so gracious. I um, have been sick. <laughs> Baby is baking and cooking and it has put me out in a way that Drew did not. Um, with Drew, I worked. I recorded. I mean, y'all, if you were around for the season one, you know, I recorded. We did not take any breaks. That season has like 99 episodes not including the minis so anyway um but this baby is very different and this baby said no you gonna sit down and you gonna rest and so I really want to get this indie out to y'all because I owe you and I want to um and instead of like waiting for the video to be edited and put up um I'm just gonna get the audio to y'all as soon as I can so just give me all that heads up okay so Story time. I had my first prenatal appointment. I was seven weeks and two days. I thought I was eight weeks and two days, but the confirmation of pregnancy test um, showed me that I was a week behind, which was similar to Drew, so not too far off, but seven weeks and two days. And I went to this prenatal appointment already a little on edge, um, which I will explain later. And I got in there. Mikey was there at the appointment, but he could not come in because of COVID. And he couldn't come in because of COVID and the pandemic. 
um, which is really sad because that was not and is not has not been my lived experience with my first two pregnancies. And I had not known that's what it was like out here in these streets when it concerned prenatal appointments, because I don't think birthing people should be by themselves. But that was the rule. And so he waited in the car and I got into the prenatal appointment and, you know, they did like, you know, the the not peed and I did like the weight test and not weight test, you know, it is like a test, but, you know, they weighed me and they also did a pap smear, even though I'd already had one. Um, girls know what a pap smear. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it's basically making sure my vagina isn't broken and, <laughs> you know, there isn't anything going on. STD test and finally the ultrasound for sonogram to see the baby. And so right before the sonogram to see the baby, the nurse practitioner had asked essentially for my history of my birth since I did not have Drew with this provider. And, you know, I told her, you know, I had a miscarriage before my first pregnancy. And then a few months later, I got pregnant with Drew and I carried her to term and had a C-section, you know, caught her up. And I had like nearly just finished, I had just finished you know, giving my history. And before I know it, literally without telling me, she literally jams the ultrasound wand that they have to use when you're really early in pregnancy. So the baby's too tiny to do the ultrasound on the stomach. You know, you can't see anything on the stomach. So they have to go in you. And I knew this with Drew. It's the same thing that happened, but I was not anticipating it because with Drew, she um my I was with another provider and before I had the before she checked you know got into my uterus she was like I need you to be very still you know she was very serious she's like I need you to be very still the very sensitive area um you're very early we don't want no problems lay very still while I slowly insert you know this wand of you so we can see this baby and um you know it's just very intentional and mindful and cautious and rightfully so and so this was not the case this this time around before I even knew it like I think I was still looking at the ceiling you know just finishing the last sentence of my my birthing history and she brings back her arm and jams the wand up into my vagina and it was awful it scared me so bad and it was so it hurt so bad and it was so quick um that I jumped and you I I'm positive you're not supposed to jump on the stick not that type of stick um when you are in a prenatal appointment and I was like oh my god like I just it was so bad like I just I don't even know y'all I can't even tell you what like real like what happened like I just remember being like screaming and she was like oh you know it's okay and she's just looking around and I'm like okay well can I call you know call my husband now so he can see because he was in the car she's like yeah but let's wait and see if there's something to see and I'm used to this particular provider being like that. So I was like, okay. But the whole time, y'all, all I'm thinking is get your heartbeat and get out. You know, I was in straight survival mode. I wasn't feeling very safe or protected. And I was lonely. And I was in here with this crazy lady who was just jamming wands up people's vaginas. And um, I just I just wanted to get out. Like, I'm really not even conscious of what was like what I was thinking so anyway, um, I did not get to hear the heartbeat. I did, I did get to see the heartbeat, but she was like, yeah, you're going to have to come back and go to like radiology to, to hear the heartbeat. And I was like, what? Like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was so angry. Um, 
on top of all of that to get here and like only get half of what I wanted. But I did get to see the heartbeat. The baby's heartbeat was very strong and learned that baby was seven weeks and two days and I would I was due and I am due November 28th. And so I get to the car, you know, Mikey's on FaceTime. He's seeing the, he's seeing it. I, you know, I get to the car and um, I, it was just somber. Like I just remember getting in the car. We were both sad. He was sad he couldn't actually be there in there. And I was just feeling so off. And I remember, you know, saying I need to eat. And I, I don't know where we stopped. We stopped somewhere. And I called my mom. And to like, you know, that's what I do after all prenatal appointments. Call your mother. I called my mom. And I just started crying. I could not even figure it out. I just started sobbing. And she was like, what is wrong? Like, <laughs> what happened? And I told her about the appointment. She was like, Randy, that sounds very traumatic. Like, I don't, you know, like, that sounds very traumatic. And, um. And it was like, I just was like, I just can't even believe. I just, I couldn't even explain. I couldn't even explain why I felt so down. And I had all these ultrasound pictures or sonogram pictures. And um, I put one up on my monitor when I got home. And I was just feeling so out of it. And so it took me a few hours. Actually, it took me a while, like a few days to figure out what was going on with me. And I realized, um, I mean, a few things. So before I tell y'all that, that night... Later that night, I went to the bathroom around like nine, ten o'clock. I went to the bathroom and I was like peeing every, I feel like every 20, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Every time I went to the bathroom, I was spotting. And I'm further enough along to know, and I've had, this is my third pregnancy. I know enough to know there's not really spotting at this stage. Um, there's no implantation. Baby's implanted. You know, um, my vagina was actually also really sore. And I knew it was because of the ultrasound and the sonogram. And I was so scared. I was like, I'm losing this baby because of this woman, of this experience at this doctor's office. And I was just, and I had, I didn't tell Mike. I was like, I'm not going to tell him until I like, unless I don't stop bleeding, you know. And so to center myself, what has really largely been helping me is yoga and meditation. I can't do yoga and meditation so much right now because I'm still very nauseous and every like I can last about five minutes and I'm like it's not happening so I, I'm still waiting to like to for the tide to shift and so that I'm not so um you know sickly but I'm still waiting and so I can do some things but anyway at this time at seven weeks my morning sickness actually didn't start <laughs> my morning sickness started seven weeks and three days so the next day is when I started getting sick but that day, I was I was still fine. So I did yoga, some prenatal yoga, and I did some meditation. And I realized, you know, there was nothing, there's nothing I could do that would make me deserving to lose this baby, you know, because I was feeling really badly. I knew it was because of the doctor's appointment. Um, I just, you know, like I knew it. And I was like, I want to lose this baby. I want to lose this baby because of this, of, of me, you know, um, of this mistake that I made by going with this provider. And the meditation and yoga helped me, you know, clear my head and realize I do not deserve to lose this baby you know and I just need to know that I just needed to know that I needed to I needed to be very clear about that with myself so that I could move on or move forward and so the rest of the night I talked to the baby I just talked to the baby everybody was still loving about walking around Drew still talking and in between like conversing with Drew and talking to Mike I would sit on the bed and I just talked to the baby and I, I just told the baby everything you know 
um, how much, you know, the same, I had a similar conversation with Drew when I was pregnant with her. I'm like, hey, we don't leave and come back. You know, if you're going to be here, you got to stay. <laughs> you got to finish the game. Um, I was telling the baby about the appointment and how, you know, I wish the appointment was better. You know, I just had a really good conversation um, until I fell asleep. And I know who the baby is because I, I don't know if y'all remember from, we did an episode called Another Baby recently where I told y'all that I'd had two dreams. And after the second dream, I finally told Mikey, hey, I'm pregnant, even though I wouldn't find out for like 10 more days from this pregnancy stick that I was, you know, actually pregnant, but I knew I was. And in my dream, I also found out who it was. And I told him who it was. And so I started calling the baby by their name because we've had this baby's name since the first baby. And so I started calling the baby by their name. And the next morning I woke up, the bleeding had stopped and I started throwing up. <laughs> and I was like, hi, baby, like you say, you know, so and I haven't had any spotting or anything since. And, you know, my vagina healed. I was fine. But the important part for me was, I mean, that was all important, but I think a day or two later, I had an appointment with my therapist who got, God bless her. Like, oh, I'm so happy I found my therapist and as she is back from maternity leave. But um, she, I told her about the appointment and she was just like, she just had her baby and she was like, oh my God. Like she, you know, she's not one for drama, but she was, she was like, girl um she was very apologetic and then she was like oh I know why you cried and I was like tell me because I'm still trying to figure out why I had like I like why it just it was so bad and she was like well disappointment wasn't in alignment with your higher self one and it was not and she was like and you kept this appointment with this provider knowing that you didn't want to which was true um and for this reassurance she was like why do you need reassurance you're pregnant the baby's okay you went for the heartbeat, but you didn't get to even hear the heartbeat. Like you, you made all these compromises with yourself about what you were willing to accept just so you could get like this validation, right? That you were pregnant um, and that everything was okay. But you like knew in your heart, everything was okay. But you know, there's still me, uh, the part of me that yearns for like a certain validation of something else, like a doctor's confirmation, especially after miscarriage, you know, um, you just want to, you just want it to be real. And so she read me in the kindest way that she, you know, but she was right. And that brings you to the lesson. So, you know, there have been multiple red flags, as I stated, as I stated that she stated, you know, I remember. So this provider is the same provider I had um, with the first baby, the same provider. And it turned out to be that way because of like healthcare stuff, health insurance stuff and what we could afford. But the same provider. And I thought it was one of those situations that was like, oh, go back to the places where you um, cried and laughed. You know, that quote, I don't know who said it, but somebody said it. And I was like, you know, no, this is not one of those situations where you go back to the places where you cry and laugh. This, this is one of those places where you don't go back. I have been told and shown multiple times that this provider ain't shit. You know, like, don't, don't have your babies here. Don't have your appointments here. I've literally been told, you know, I've lost the baby already there. And it was awful. And um, I've already been told, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to be like, ha, 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 have my baby here. And no, <laughs> no. Um, you know, other red flags were I didn't realize that prenatal appointments were done solo. We've been inside. We literally were one of those people that did. We were supposed to. We did not go anywhere during 
the first year of the pandemic. And when we would go to Drew's appointments, we were both able to go to her appointments. As long as we were masked up, we weren't in the waiting room. You know, they called us immediately back. So it wasn't a question of if the parents could come. So it never dawned on me that this whole time pregnant people have been doing these appointments alone. This was not conveyed to me. Um, well, I even like reached out to the nurse practitioner to ask vaccinations had just dropped. And I was like, you know, if, if my husband gets vaccinated, can he come into the appointment? And she didn't even respond. Her like assistant assistants responded. Another red flag. Like you can't even communicate. And it just wasn't. And these red flags weren't like glaring. And, you know, they weren't like <laughs> somebody in the crossroads yelling, get your shit together. Don't go. They were subtle knowings because I even said I'm going to switch providers as soon as I get this confirmation of pregnancy. I had no intention of staying with the provider after all of that. I was like, I'm just going to get my confirmation because no one else could take me. This was the earliest date I could get. I really wanted my what I wanted, my heartbeat, my my due date. And what I should have done or could have done was spent that time looking for another provider, which I have since found, and um, got an appointment that was safe and well, <laughs> you know, and didn't leave me bleeding at the end of it um, instead, of, instead of not, you know. So that was the first lesson. Um, second lesson was I ignored and compromise my boundaries on every level. My therapist had asked, you know, what about your inner child came out and is there in this session, this appointment? And my immediate thing was her rival. Even though what she had done was like severely like manhandled me in like this very traumatic way. My th first thought wasn't to like get a new person to come in or anything. My first thought was like, clench your body, get your baby out. You and you, you know, like get your, get your info and get out. Like it was about survival. And I'm constantly having to remind myself that I am not a kid anymore. It is not the nineties, early two thousands. I do not have to survive anymore. And I was not as powerless during that moment as I felt. And so, and I compromised boundaries, you know, like I completely ignored every signal my body was giving me. Um. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And it definitely felt malicious because um, it, it makes no sense. Y'all, I cannot explain anyone who's birthed or been pregnant and had a prenatal appointment, especially a vaginal one when you have to do the ultrasound that way, you know, like how it's supposed to be. And I and my therapy, you know, we're, right now we're working on, we've been working on, I'm not so much because I, I feel good. You know, this baby's going to stay talk to the baby all the time and um I'm not so scared anymore right now what I'm most concerned about is that I am not you know the one that's making myself suffer so am I am I am I hurting the baby you know like 
So I've been very particular about my decisions lately because I don't want to experience something like that again. So anyway, um, but I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I basically I compromise and ignore my boundaries. And when that happens, shit hits the fan. And that's what it, and that's what happened. And finally, the last test I learned, sorry, check my notes. Last test I learned was, um, lesson I learned was I'm still deserving and worthy and I'm not in prison. Now y'all know I love Lovecraft Country. If you don't know, it was a wonderful show. And there's a whole episode called I Am where it's completely dedicated to Hippolyta and who was a character in the show, a prominent character in the show. And she gets, basically God is telling her, you are not in prison. Name yourself. You know, like name yourself. Who are you? And I had to realize, my therapist was like, you know, she walked me out. It was such a powerful session, but she was like, you know, and if you haven't filed a complaint, why haven't you yet? And at that time I hadn't filed a complaint because I felt like, well, I didn't say anything then. I can't say anything now. I'm not going back. So it don't matter. And she was like, no, fuck the people. That ain't what she said. But that's what she meant. <laughs> File your complaint. Like you, like that's, that's honoring yourself. That's honoring how traumatizing it was and how bad it was and you're telling the truth and so I realized that even though I didn't say anything the same day I'm still deserving to say something and I filed a very lengthy complaint and I immediately switched providers not immediately I actually scaled around I called around and got some wonderful green flags from this particular place that sadly the appointment is after this recording so i have to tell y'all about that like all after the fact but um green flags um wonderful place it seems like great reviews and very communicative and um professional and really trying to help somebody out when it comes to these payments you know so so far i really like them so far as providers and so i was like you know i'm still deserving to like move on i can still move forward i am not powerless and these are all really hard lessons. Like, I feel like I fell, you know, right? So she was like, you know, this was a test. I've been doing so much shadow work. I don't know if y'all know anything about shadow work, but I've been doing so much shadow work <laughs> and I've been doing so much internal work and I've and it's been incredibly um, hard and transformative to be this self-aware and to really hold myself accountable. And so to get this test and to essentially fail it, in my opinion, was heartbreaking for me. Because I have been doing so much work and my therapist, though, does not feel like this was a failed test <laughs> because I learned something, you know, and the Randy two, three years ago would never have switched providers and would not probably have even told anybody, um, you know, and would not have like stood in my power and and tried to hold myself accountable. You know, I probably would have been too scared. And so, yes, yeah, she doesn't think I failed. She just thinks it was a test. And she doesn't call it a failure, even though it was. And um, because I learned something. And it's something that I would take for the rest of this pregnancy. Because it really did light a fire in me. And I was like, I and I told them, I've lost the baby with y'all already. I'm not doing it again. So fuck you. <laughs> like, I was so, like, I was like, I'm not doing it. So, and so I left. And that was very empowering and encouraging. And I'm just really grateful to the baby for giving me these continued chances to, you know, prove myself worthy of being a vessel um, and sticking around. I am currently 12 weeks, four days, four or five days um, 
I should know this, but I got one more week and then I'm out of this trimester and I'm hoping that <laughs> the second trimester means that I um, am not so sickly anymore and feel better. As y'all see, I'm not chewing the gum like I was a few weeks ago. I still have the water close by though. So, but I'm starting to feel a little better and the baby's doing good. I think because it's my third pregnancy, I feel things way sooner than I did with Drew. And so I already feel the baby moving and... Um, which I heard is common if you've had multiple pregnancies before, especially because I know what it feels like. And it's not gas because that feels different. But yeah, so that's my story. And it's just my hope that um, we all continue to do the work. And I'm working on showing myself compassion and forgiving myself for all the ways that I have ignored and compromised my boundaries and compromised my body and my baby. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's what I've been working on these last few weeks. Finally, wrap this up. My book recommendation is um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I love this book so much, y'all. This book is so good. And I'm just, I don't usually do like memoirs by like, I don't usually do memoirs or like nonfiction, but I'm in my nonfiction bag this like season of my life. Y'all know I love my fiction, but I'm really in my nonfiction bag. And Glennon Doyle is an author and she um, clearly... And she basically, this book is about like, I'm not even doing it justice. Like it's it's not self-help. It's basically literally her story about playing big, you know, being yourself, loving yourself. I, I'm not even doing it justice. It's a beautiful book. I cry so much. I actually made it to like page 50, restarted it because I realized that I own this book and I wasn't highlighting the things that I wanted to highlight. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, so I was like, actually, I'm going to go back. And it's just a beautiful book. Please read it. If you are having trouble with, like, speaking up, if you find that you're, like, fighting yourself, I'm not doing it justice. Like, I, I probably should have had more together. I just hope that, like, what you see and what you hear can prove to you that I'm, like, I'm so serious. She was married, found out that her husband had been cheating on her. And she's written a book about this. They they stayed together, actually. Um, and, like, overcame the infidelity, whatever. Um he had been cheating on her since they got married and she realized she just couldn't, she couldn't fuck him. <laughs> she couldn't have sex with him anymore. She was just so angry and she had been taught to not be angry. And she grew up in a Christian household and it's just powerful. And then she ends up falling in love with this woman. And it was just, I, it's, it's powerful. I'm not even doing it just, it's powerful. And, um, I lent it to my mom to read and she playing with me. I'm about to take it back. Cause I actually want to reread it. But I highly recommend this book. Yeah, I think it's for everybody, but especially people who are learning to speak up and stand in their power and be themselves and stop people pleasing and manipulating and bending, you know? So that's definitely where I am in this season of my life. And um, yeah, so I highly recommend this book. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast will post episodes weekly. Submit questions or feedback for the next solo episode. Email us at blackmailmare at gmail.com or leave us a voice message at 770-750-4098 that could be featured on a future episode. Also, y'all, let me know what you think about this episode. It's my first one back. Don't hesitate to email us. And be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillennialmarriage.com. 
follow us on social media platforms on instagram i am randy four eyes three e's and on instagram mikey is mikey underscore xxi and on twitter we are at underscore the chat miss but y'all know it's really dead over there so you can follow us on our instagram at black millennial marriage as always y'all be blessed don't settle and fight clean peace about time that i get back yo i'ma get back we can hold it down oh god i'ma get back yo i'ma get back and we can hold it yeah. down yeah this be the fourth year in the promised land watch it i promise man at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com/purpose parker engineering your success